What's going on, everybody? Welcome into another episode of the Sick Podcast. Steelers, crazy as always. I'm Mike Nicastro. That's my guy at Jordan York Music. And yes, the beat goes on. Our NFL Draft Series continues. If you've missed any previous episodes, we've had some great prospects on. Go back and check those out. Uh, from Day and Henley, uh, of course, to Curtis McClendon, some really, really cool things we've done. Uh, and today, Jordan, we've got a great, great draft mind on the show, and we're able to kind of continue this awesome series we've been fortunate to put together. Yeah, I'm really excited. I don't even want to give it away. I'll let you give the intro. So, Sammy, let's just get to it. Turn up your volume. Your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. Steelers Crazy. Harris Smith shields. Flacco Polamalu takes it home. Super Bowl 43. Pittsburgh might be bound for that thanks to number 43. The sickest Pittsburgh Steelers podcast. Sports entertainment like no other. It's gonna be sick. He is the lead NFL analyst over at Pro Football Focus and, of course, a co-host of the PFF NFL pod. I listen to it all the time. He is a proud Irishman. It's none other than Sam Munson. Sam, what's going on? What's going on, guys? How's it going? Good. Good. We certainly cannot complain. Proud Irishman. St. Paddy's Day a couple weeks ago, man. We got to start this off with it. How'd you celebrate? Are you a parade guy? Are you a kegs, kegs and eggs throwback kind of guy? <laughs> no, the, the, it's not really. Uh, you know, we're not really a parade type of uh, type of occasion. That's more for the tourists. It's more for certainly America. Actually, it's way bigger over here. We're just, you know, that's just the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Fair enough. For us, I guess it was it was green beer, and we really Americanized it uh, over here, and definitely. Not a fun day after, uh, <laughs> that's for sure. Hey, we're, we're super stoked to get into some draft stuff with you, uh, of course. We're going to talk Pittsburgh Steelers, naturally. So, Sam, tell us a little bit about some Steelers' top draft needs, and how does that kind of fit into this draft? Is it a good draft for those positions? Yeah, I mean, I think you look at what the Steelers have done in the last couple of years, I think they're in a reasonable place um, offensive tackle along that offensive line, I think is the area where they could clearly, they could use an upgrade. It's not that they're acute needs, you know, desperation, they have to go chasing anything, but if they stumbled into a day one starter at offensive tackle, I think they'd definitely be pleased about that. And then I think the other spot that they could really use reinforcements is cornerback where, you know, they've added some players, guys like Patrick Peterson coming in, but again, they, it's an area of weakness, I think, on this roster relative to some other spots, and they'd absolutely look to be adding players at that area. The other area I think you could make the case for is linebacker, and linebacker, I think, is the one spot where it's it's not a good draft class for linebackers. Um, I think it's a pretty strong class for offensive tackles. It's a good class for cornerbacks, uh, maybe not right at the very top. It's not like it was where... Sauce Gardner and Derek Stingley were two sort of superstar prospects. And, and then we sort of dealt with the rest. But I think it's a strong group of corners. And in particular, I think there's a lot of value in and around where Pittsburgh are, are drafting, whether it's the middle of the first round, the kind of the turn between first and second rounds. Um, but linebacker is that one spot where it might not be the best place in the world to be drafting those. Definitely. 
rank your defensive backs in this class. And, you know, it doesn't have to be 20 of them. Just give us five. Yeah, it's tough. We just did our cornerback rankings on, on the podcast today. I think Devin Witherspoon is, is easily the best cornerback in this class. And that was cemented when he ran basically a four, four flat at his pro day. I, I think that really answered the only major question I had about him, which was, you know, does he have that elite top gear, which is a lot like the, con- the the questions I think a lot of people had for sauce Gardner when he was coming out, it was, does he really have that elite high end speed? And then once he ran a four, four flat, that was it. We were set. Sauce Gardner was elite. Everybody, everything was, ha- was good. And he ends up having a, a defensive rookie of the year kind of season. I think Witherspoon could be in the same kind of bucket. He's so good at everything. His anticipation is incredible. And then he went and answered that with a four, four type of 40. So I think he's the clear number one guy. Then it's really, I think, a case of what you value at the position, you know, and everyone's going to have different rankings because if you run a man heavy kind of scheme, I think you're going to fall in love with guys like Joey Porter Jr. Who's got that incredible length. Uh, Reminds me a lot of uh, JC Horn when he came out. Um, I think you're also going to fall in love with guys like Cam Smith from, from South Carolina, maybe Deontay Banks as well. Who's a bit more of a sort of scheme versatile guy from Maryland. Um, But if you're more of a zone heavy team, I think you're going to gravitate towards different players. You're probably going to love Christian Gonzalez from Oregon, the movement skills that he has, the ability that he has to uh, flit around zone coverages and and understand the the spacing between receivers and make plays on the football. Um, So it's really, I think, a case of what you really want at that position. It's it's funny corners. We we've lumped them all in the same bucket and we do rankings acting like it's. The, the same right but there's sort of there's almost three different positions being played whether it's the slot whether it's outside whether it's and then there's scheme as well man and zone you know what kind of what kind of corner are you looking for in addition to just how good is he yeah definitely you kind of touched on joey porter jr what's your prediction for him do you think that he will he could fall to 17 i think it's possible i I really like him. I think he might be the second best corner in the draft overall. He's clearly the best sort of pure press man corner in this draft. Like that, if that's the scheme you you run, um, that's the corner that you want. The problem is fewer and fewer teams are running that as a you know a main sort of a mainstay of their defense. Everybody's using more zone, and but I do think that Joey Porter Jr. has more zone capability than he's being given credit for. Um, he understands spacing. He understands where to be in zone coverages. He understands route concepts, where the threats are coming from. He's a bit too quick to kind of latch onto the first one and, and go chasing that. But I think a lot of that is just how much man coverage they get in playing. You know, he doesn't have to do the other stuff very often. The fact that he, I think, sees it and understands where the threats are, to me, is more important at this point than being patient enough to sort of stay split between two of them until you know where it's going to go. I think you can probably coach that out of him or or coach a better degree of patience into his game in those scenarios. And if you can, I think he's got like really high end ability in zone coverage as well. And because I think teams are going to see him as this man coverage specialist, I think he could slip past a few teams who are going to gravitate, gravitate towards those guys that do play in zone and and have a a lot more of a pedigree in those types of systems. We are hanging out with Sam Munson over here at PFF, lead NFL analyst, chopping it up. NFL draft, of course. 
Sam, I'm going to throw some names at you. Give me some quick takes, some thoughts on these guys, maybe a, a draft round projection. These are all guys that the Steelers have had uh, as pre-draft visits. Uh, some of them they met with at the Combine. So let's start with the guy that you did not touch on when we were talking DBs, which makes me worry a little bit about his case, Keely Ringo. Yeah, Ringo, um, he's, he's a difficult evaluation because I think the stuff that he's really good at, um, he is very good at it. And you can see the kind of the good end of his play is top tier. Like he looks like a star when you're getting the good version of his play, but it's inconsistent. I think it's way more inconsistent than these other guys. He's also got a touch of there's some corners that are very good in a straight line, kind of linear north to south. But when they have to change direction and go laterally, they're not nearly as good. And um, Trey Waynes, when the Minnesota Vikings drafted him back in 2015, I think something like that, had this weird quirk where he had a faster 40 time than his short shuttle time, which is incredibly rare, like almost never happens. You're almost always faster with the short shuttle than you are with your 40 time, but he was faster in that linear straight line and was was really bad changing direction laterally. And you could see that on his tape. Ringo isn't quite there, but he, it's getting close. Like his, his 40 time, I think, is a tenth of a second, maybe uh, slower than his short shuttle time. And, and you see that problem with changing direction sometime from his tape. I think he's got enough physical ability that he could offset that, but that added with the inconsistency i think you can kind of understand why he his name is slipping i think down this uh down the the sort of down the board as we go towards the draft process i think he started off with a much higher um ranking and the more people dive into it the more people are getting a little bit worried about those deficiencies and, and maybe he's slipping but like that size that athleticism that speed i think there's a lot to work with there even if you know, you kind of acknowledge where he has weaknesses. Another guy, defensive back, before I get into the trenches here, this is a guy I got into an argument with today with my buddy over at, uh, at Bleacher Report. I'm pounding the table for him. He's telling me that a guy this small has never really worked out. Tell me about Emmanuel Forbes. Yeah. Um, and the guy, I mean, it's a fair point that guys that small do not have a good track record. And not so much the small corners have worked out but he's incredibly lightweight like he's 160 something pounds at six foot tall that's incredibly light and you see it on tape sometimes where you know he just gets manhandled at times and he does a lot of good to offset it he's got really good movement skills he can fight at the catch point but at some point you just run into physics you know and when you're dealing with a guy like Devonte smith that's fine you're 166 he's 166 it's even but eventually you're going to be lining up against aj brown or dk metcalf and those guys outweigh you by like 50 pounds and there's just nothing you can do about that you can fight you can be feisty you can do as much as you can but 50 pounds is 50 pounds and there's there's really no getting away from that and sometimes you see it during the course of routes where just to maintain contact he has to put an incredible amount of effort into kind of leaning into the receiver and you know really putting some force into it and if he gets it wrong he's in trouble because he's massively off balance the guy can kind of maneuver him around and get him out of the way but i do think he's got a lot of skills you know you can see the 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 feistiness you can see um his movement skills how easy it is for him to mirror receivers as long as 
He doesn't have to get too physical and too aggressive. So I think he's a better prospect than Cameron Dantzler, who came out of that system, also incredibly lightweight a couple of years ago. He's faster than Dantzler is. I think he has a better chance to succeed. And as much as Dantzler has been like in and out of the lineup with Minnesota and, and there's been some good and some bad, he hasn't been terrible. So if that's like his baseline, you know, and he's probably going to be a better player than that, that's quite, it's a reasonable place to start from. Yeah, I'm going to take the L on that one then. It seems like uh, I'm outnumbered two, two to one uh, if, if I'm, you know, pick, picking up what you're putting down. All right, I want to get into the trenches a little bit, Sam. Uh, let's start with Anton Harrison, uh, a Sooner, a guy that I've seen a lot at the end of the first round, and, and some have him fallen all the way to the mid-second, late second even. Yeah, I, I think that entire tackle class is is fascinating. Um there's it's good and there's a lot of guys that are i think going to go in the first round um there might not be any superstar you know none of these guys necessarily are in that incredible top tier tackle group where you're 100 percent sold on them there's no deficiencies there's no concerns um each one of them has some kind of not even concern just maybe haven't quite had the just pure start to finish elite play uh, across the board but i think we could see four or five of these guys end up getting drafted in the first round. Um, the closest guy you have to a, a completely clean prospect is Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern, but he's got the 32 and a quarter inch arms, which are virtually unprecedented in terms of tackle success and probably just makes him immediately a guard on a bunch of teams boards. Um, but once you get into that next group, I think they're all very close together. Um, and, it's really again going to be a case of what is your what's your kind of favorite um thing to be a little bit concerned about whether it's uh experience whether it's you know dewan jones and his giant size and and how rare that is to to succeed at the next level whether it's um production that's been good but not necessarily elite and, and truly shut down but harrison's absolutely a guy i think that belongs in the first round and would be a, a really interesting draft pick you have darno right over him um, I, I, I think they're all like, they're very close together. I'm not sure what the PFF draft board actually has. Uh, let me scroll and find it. Actually, we have Darnell Wright just above him, but that's that's Mike Renner basically driving. Yeah, that yeah. Line, so. I'm a big Mike Renner guy, by the way, and mostly because I'm a huge Bachelor uh, Red fan. So, <laughs> uh, and, and listen, uh, unabashed, I, I everybody knows that knows me. I think. <laughs> Knows I'm a huge Bass Red fan. Anyway, Mike, Mike is fantastic. All right. I'm gonna before I kick it back over to Jordan, I want to talk about two guys, uh, two skilled players on the offensive side of the ball. You could put them in uh together here, two Steeler pre-draft visits. Jonathan Mingo, receiver, Charlie Jones, receiver. Yeah, I love Jonathan Mingo. Um, I have him in my top ten for wide receivers, and honestly, I'm I'm already deciding that I'm too low on him. I I Wow. I was kind of debating at the time how high I could put him up the board, knowing that that's way higher than everybody else has him. And I think I probably chickened out of putting him as high as I think I should have put him. But you go through his tape, and it's really difficult to find any reason that he's not going to be good at the next level. He's good at everything. He's got that size that a lot of these top receivers in this draft class don't have. Um, he gave some really good DBs some real problems. Um Showed really well at the Senior Bowl as well, which I think is an important data point when you go to an all-star setting and still look really good. So he is a guy that I think is going to go 
obviously outside of the first round, maybe outside of the, the second uh, as well, but is, I think, going to end up being a real steal of this draft and a guy that can that has a lot of sort of uh, playmaking versatility in that Debo Samuel type of mold as well, where he can do more than just be a kind of conventional wide receiver. Wow. Um, and then Charlie Jones is a guy who I kind of missed the first time around. I, I sort of um, not skipped over his tape, but only let it wash over me initially and didn't love what I saw. And then a lot of people were, were talking him up as a real sleeper. And I kind of between going back to watch it a second time and, basically seeing him on all the cornerback tape when you're going through and watching a lot of these corners and you see Charlie Jones pop up time after time, like he had 14 targets against Joey Porter jr. Just in that one game. Um, and he wins all the time. Like he's, he's got limitations in terms of phys physicality, size, speed, all these kinds of things. He's not necessarily going to be a top tier wide receiver, but I think, the chance that he becomes a useful NFL wide receiver are actually really high. Like he's one of those guys that I think you're going to get in the mid rounds where everybody just sort of knows that he's going to be successful in some way, shape or form. So I think he's a really good receiver who you're not going to draft, you know, day one, probably not, uh, maybe not day two, but he's going to be a useful part of a team. Definitely. So what's your general outlook on the Steelers and how would you grade last year's draft? I think they're in a pretty good place. Um, heading into the year, you know, it, it looked like it was going to be a minor miracle if Mike Tomlin was going to able to come out of that year yeah. without a losing record for the first time in a season. And yet they did. Um, the fact that the offensive line was able to sort of play at the same kind of level with a very different style of quarterback back there, um, whether it was Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, I think yeah. it's huge. They sort of shown that they are capable, even if the quarterback takes longer and the offense is a little bit slower to develop than it was when Roethlisberger was just getting the ball out of his hands as quick as humanly possible. Uh, I think the roster is in a pretty good spot. The big concern I think for them is it's really a scheme thing. It's can that offense show the ability to bring more big plays and to be more aggressive downfield and to, you know, be more than just this kind of horizontal, quick passing, low uh, risk type of offense. And, you know, because they've shown that now across multiple different quarterbacks for a while, it looked like that was just the sort of last days of Ben Roethlisberger and how he had to play the game now. But then it looked pretty much the same with Trubisky and, and with Kenny Pickett back there. It's clearly part of the scheme and they haven't changed the coaching staff really. So now they, they need to figure it out this offseason and figure out how we get this system to be more than it's been the last couple of years. Definitely. And I have to ask this before uh, we get you out of here and I'll switch it over to Mike for a few more. Um, this is the million dollar question in Pittsburgh and someone with the credibility that you have, I have to ask, is Kenny Pickett going to be the future? Yeah, I think so. I, I didn't love Kenny Pickett as a prospect. I, we didn't, like everybody else, I think, yeah, you know, we didn't love last year's draft class of quarterbacks at all. And you talk to a lot of people, even people in the league who said, you know, I don't like any of these guys. If any of them has a shot, it's Kenny Pickett. Um, mm -hmm. And I'm, I'm not sure I, I was even there, but I was surprised enough by him last year to say, okay, you know, we, we can definitely work with this, especially with the likes of Deontay Johnson and, and yeah. George Pickens. Like there's things to work with there. Um, 
So, yeah, I think he's shown enough that he can be the guy. I'm more concerned now with the stuff we just talked about, which is the scheme, yeah. um, than Kenny Pickett's ability to do it. I think he's shown. AKA he Matt Canada. Be, right. I, I think Pickett has shown that he can be the guy if the system is able to like raise him up. That, I think. But the downside is like if the system isn't able to do that, Pickett probably ends up being the fall guy, you know, and you, you, yeah. you may end up moving on from him, even if it's not his fault. Yeah. All right, Sam, we'll get you out of here on this. It's early April. There are so many variables, but I have to put you on the spot. All right. Obviously, there are 16 picks uh, ahead of pick number 17. But right now, if you had to make a prediction, you're running through a mock draft with the 17th overall selection in the 2023 NFL draft. The Pittsburgh Steelers are on the clock. Who are you taking? Where are you looking? I. I think it's going to depend um, what corners are still there. I think they're in a really good spot where they might end up snagging sort of the perfect cornerback for them, depending on who it is, whether Joey Porter Jr. slides a little bit, whether Deontay Banks from Maryland is there. Um, I think right now I would love to see Joey Porter Jr. land on this team, but I think the more likely one might be Deontay Banks. So I think probably one of those two guys, but I'll lean Banks. I like it. So I had in my last mock draft when we did a, uh, a show recently. Sam, where can people hear you next? What do you got on the uh, on the horizon coming up over there? Yeah, pff.com is obviously where all our stuff is and the, the PFF NFL podcast, either on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. We're working through our draft rankings and everything is, is draft related right now. So anything uh, to do with the draft you're going to find over the next few weeks there. Awesome. PFF lead NFL analyst sam munson thank you sam that, sam Thanks, appreciate sam. it man let's do it again sometime no problem Take Take there yeah, you go man. jordan i'm two of two i guess it's... so I, I should say i have another deontay <laughs> banks uh, uh yeah but our, our friend uh jared bailey i seen I, I like the tweet i retweeted something that he said mike tomlin's track record with the university of maryland hasn't oh. been that good uh, that tweet really spoke to me. So maybe, um, maybe this can be the the leaf the, the leaf turning. We'll see. Yeah, saw some of those names. I, they weren't all first round picks. A lot of them were That's late. That's true. Picks. I think Sean Davis might have been the earliest pick, the safety in the second round. It's got to change at some point. And this kid went to Maryland. So yeah. <laughs> maybe yeah. if, he, if he takes Dino, who uh, transferred to BC, then. Uh, you know, I don't, he's got nothing against Maryland. Matt yeah. Canada coach there. He, you're right. Maybe he loves him a little, a little t- more than he uh, <laughs> he probably should <laughs> at the end of the day. But most definitely, uh, I have man. A new mock draft next week, man. I I tweeted today that I don't have a lot of reason to change it right now. Honestly, I still feel pretty good about Banks, uh, Mozzie Smith there at 32, Blake Freeland, and then Parker Washington. I had all the way moving down to the third round. So maybe I don't know. Maybe I maybe I won't update it after all. But um, you know, yeah, you Sam know, put some good you things. Know you're going to update it. Well, it would be just to, to update it. <laughs> I feel like you have like tw- like 20 mock drafts just like in the back, like in your drawer. You're just saving them. No, I tell you what, PFF you- created the monster by putting out the mock draft simulator. Yeah, anybody could just jump on and fly through some of these picks with relative ease without having to type anything up. You just go on and you and you click some names and you see who's available for the Steelers. No wonder people have seven thousand six hundred thirty-four mock drafts because they have 
they have made it a really, really uh, efficient process. I used to have to go on and put rankings to team needs, to names, to film, to tape, and now you could just jump on a mock draft simulator, uh, check out some notes on somebody, find out what the team needs are, and, and like I said, waste literally all of your time yeah. and not do important things like you know take care of your children or do your homework or do your walk, job. Walk the dog. Walk the dog. You can. Do, I've done some mock drafts while walking the dog. Wow multitasker of the year right there yeah i mean uh before we get get out of here we just want to thank everyone make sure you follow us we're not only on youtube apple Podcasts, spotify facebook uh just you know we're gonna be covering the draft we're gonna have some great guests on sam i, I love having people on like him because you know you just go listen into their podcast and actually be able to knack their brain about the Steelers for, you know, 25 minutes. It's just, it's amazing. And when you have guests on like him, we had coach JB on who gave some hot takes another great episode. Make sure you go check that out. I mean, we're just, we're here all year round. I know we keep saying it, but this is, this is for all the Yenzers out there. So we really appreciate it. And yeah, man, I think I know draft. I think I know draft, right? I sit here and I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty good at this. But then a guy like Sam Munson jumps on and I'm like, I don't know shit about the draft. Yeah. (laughs) It's almost like when you lives, eats and breathes. It's like, I'm, I'm like, yeah, you know what? I'm a pretty good basketball player. I'll go out there and and do well. And then, and then, you know, like a G league player from the NBA shows up and dunks on my head six times. Like it's, it's all pretty relative. It's like you're a weightlifter. You're, you know, you're out yeah. there pushing out exercises. But if John Cena came up to you, you're like, man, maybe I'm not that good. On that note, we'll leave. All right. It's been another great episode of Steelers Crazy for JY. This is Mike, and we're out. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast Steelers Crazy on YouTube. Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts.